Welcome to the 501 Companion Podcast. It is our fifth episode, and we couldn't be more exciting because there are so many fun fives to think about. Five Guys Pizza, the fifth element film. There's always this talk about the fifth Beatle, and of course, there is Beethoven's fifth. It doesn't get bigger than number five. Nick, cue the music. Oh, man. Guys, I have to tell you, I am charged up. I know what we're going to be talking about tonight. Matt's got a jam-packed agenda, and I think we've got some great topics tonight. But first, Matt, tell them who you are and what your favorite five is. Hey, everybody. I am Matt Balo, and I am your marketer. Been in the marketing domain for going on 20 years on both the agency side, the client side, working with vendors and partnerships and um Looking forward to having those discussions tonight. My favorite five, I thought you were going to say Fabulous Five, but you know, so, but I was going to say Johnny Five from Short Circuit, the movie in the, what was it, 80s, 90s? Mm-hmm. Right? Maybe Johnny the 60s, alive. No, yeah, Johnny Five. <laughs> no disassemble. I <laughs> like that one. <laughs> but I also wanted to know where, where do we all stand on the five second rule? It's fine to eat it as long as you're drinking. <laughs> You can eat anything that falls on the floor, no matter how long it fo- falls on the floor if you have a beer with it, because beer kills it. all germs, right, Nick? It's true. It's true. It balances. And speaking of an antiseptic, Nick Rufa, tell them what you do. <laughs> um, I'm your web and online technology resource, uh, and my favorite five is the Jackson Five. How about that? Uh, I listen. That is a good one. I I thought uh, I didn't see that one coming. Actually, it wasn't even in our show notes, so I really didn't even see it coming. (laughs) And I am Buddy Scalera. I am your friendly neighborhood content strategist, and I am going to lead you guys into the first portion of our show, the main section, which is news, best practices. And one of the best practices that we discovered this week, fellas, was how charities can cross-promote a fundraising event on social media. And I happen to have seen an artist cross-promoting art that he created on behalf of a charity. Now, I'm not a sports fan myself. I do love a little bit of history. And whenever I travel, I try to find a little bit of history in the region. And I thought that this one was really exciting. Uh, Nick, you're a sports fan, right? Do you want to just talk a little bit about the baseball charity uh, that was uh, uh, getting cross-promoted? Yeah, I, <clears throat> buddy, you find some excellent resources every week. This one is a, a great one. I, I took a look at what, what he had, and uh, it's just amazing. I, I, I know you're a, a comic book guy, and you're you know deep into the, the art scene uh, in, in that realm, but uh, you know I, I just thought it was fantastic stuff that he had there. And to, to combine his you know, baseball uh, you know, drawings and prints and, and use it, you know, put it to a good use on, on a charity, uh, I guess it's Doubleday. Friends of Doubleday, which is mm-hmm. the Baseball Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Um, I just thought it, it it just worked well. You can always find something where it intersects. You know, your specialty, your your uh, skill can intersect with with uh, that of a charity. So. I thought it yeah. was fantastic. And friendsofdoubleday.org. They uh, yep. they have a historical uh, angle on uh, baseball and sports, Matt. Mm-hmm. I know you're also a sports guy primarily, and I think soccer, but you also admire baseball. And what did you think of this charity? 
Oh, I liked it. I thought it, w- I thought it was an interesting take. Uh, again, I always like to take the marketing spin on it to say, uh, what are we getting for this, right? Why, why, are, why is everybody doing this? And I think Friends of Doubleday, you know, clearly has the awareness side. You know, they're reaching out to people who are using their own social media to promote it. So six artists they commissioned mm-hmm. to make uh, six uh, prints that they're now selling. And, uh, you know, so the artists are reaching out to their social and they're promoting, you know, Doubleday, Friends of Doubleday, which I think is great. The artists are getting something out of it as well because they're kind of getting back promoted, mm-hmm. um, you know, from, from there, so which is nice. So people are buying the prints. Um, I'm not sure if the artists get any money. I know it says 100% of the proceeds uh, go to. I don't know if that's like after covering costs or something like that. I did actually go through to some of the artists' homepages to check and see what their standard pricing was on something like this, because one of the things I noticed was the prints were all $60 a piece. Uh, I did find um, there is a couple of different, there's a wide range of it. I mean, uh, there were some that were $35 to $60 range, which was about normal $60. But some of these artists were selling their normal prints for over $200. So, you know, it's also a good deal for the user. So in some cases, you could see the artist is, I guess, really donating their work to be sold at $60. They're obviously not getting their normal asking price. And in other cases, you know, they are actually um, maybe out there trying to upsell a little bit, get a little bit of extra uh, awareness about what they're doing and about their product. And, you know, so it really comes back to, you know, hopefully each group thought, is this a good move for me? What am I doing? Why am I doing this? What am I hoping to get out of it? And for me, if I was a professional marketer, those are the questions I would be asking. How many users do you plan on getting? How many prints do you plan on selling? Mm-hmm. What do we think is going to happen? You know, what? Maybe they're hanging them, you know, actually at them so people who come through on tours see it and think, oh, I really like this print and they can buy it in the gift shop and take it home or something. So I think there's probably a really nice collaboration going on here and it seems to work out well for both sides. Yeah, I thought um, it was it was a good collectible. Yeah. Um, you know, if if I were into baseball, I would love these art uh, prints. And the artists gave a wide range of choices for collectors. Um, I thought they did a pretty good job. I discovered it through social media. Mm-hmm. Honestly, the uh, site didn't come up in any of my Google searches as I was looking for articles for us to discuss. Um, what could they have done? better. I feel like they did an okay job cross-promoting with social. Uh, Who wants to take this on? What could they have done a little bit better? What could they have specific to this partnership or do you mean in general? I think in general, for example, Mm -hmm. um, I noticed that the friendsofdoubleday.org has a blog. They made no mention of this. And I thought in my mind, well, why not? And the reason it didn't come up in SEO was because they basically placed this promotion on their homepage. Now, when it's indexed on the homepage, it doesn't get as much value as a very focused landing page, perhaps a fundraiser for with artists. So I just thought, okay, an easy win would have been a landing page or a blog post on their blog. Um, any other thoughts on what they might have been able to do better as a charity to maximize the visibility of this promotion? Well, I mean, for me, I like to go back to like what I did is I go back and I look at their mission, right? So I actually go back and I say, okay, so this is interesting to me that they're trying to sell something, but 
what is their mission and does this contribute to it? And their mission is actually very much focused on finance. It's about, you know, financial support of the Cooperstown Historic Doubleday Field, right? And they're helping to meet the cost of innovation, renovation, all of these things, smaller operational expenses, et cetera, et cetera, by selling things and doing things. So for me, right away, I say, okay, this is interesting because it does ladder right up to the specific mission. How could they have done it better? Well, that's hard to say. I mean, I don't know their marketing plan. I only know the one piece of it that we saw, which is the social media side of it. Now, I didn't see any paid social media. That could have been an opportunity for them to take some of these proceeds. I don't know if they partnered with anybody to get a donation that would help, you know, um, Nick can probably speak to this a little bit better than I, but but we know, for instance, like Google will give you a certain amount of AdWords if you're uh, a 501c3. Um, maybe Twitter would give you a promotional. I don't know that the um, tweets themselves have been um, tagged or pinned <clears throat> or something like that, right? So I think there's a couple of things that you could do to tweak this, but I do like that it's directly aligned to their mission. That feels right to me. Yeah, that's a good one. I, that's a great point, Matt. Nick, um, any thoughts about what they might have done a little bit better to you know, great, raise some attention? Yeah, one of the things I noticed that that hit me is that on their site, you know, while they do allow you to buy the prints on the site, they do have a shopping cart, and they do link to uh, um, the artist's uh, LinkedIn and, and social media profile. They don't, do, in my opinion, don't do a the best job of putting uh, their so own social media up front mm. and center. So, you know, just, just hit me, just struck me and maybe I missed it, but if I missed it, maybe other people missed it. So yeah. I think they could do a better job, you know, on, on their home, themselves. Day, on their yeah. site themselves for yeah. promoting. Like Buddy it. was saying with the blog, like leverage their own assets. Exactly. Exactly. And, and, and I think when you, and, and this will be my final word on this, just that when you have a promotion, um, on social media, what you want to be able to do is gain traction among enthusiasts. So pre-planning, letting people know that you're about to do a promotion. You know, if they reached out to us, they said, would you know, would you mind retweeting this? A lot of times they'll get just a basic retweet, especially for a charity. So I think when you look at big promotions like this, where they are trying to raise money, the opportunity to leverage social, to find fellow enthusiasts um, comes through building a following on social and then you know driving that acceleration of what for them is a big event you know the other thing that i'm looking at buddy now that you're bringing it up you know on the technical side the the links are not linked all right so you go to the if you go to the you know the prints the signed prints you see the website for the artist i can't click it you see the twitter handle and the instagram handles i can't click them point yeah you know just maybe a little bit there that could be, you know, done a little bit better. Um, you know, the other thing that I'm looking at is maybe go a little bit farther. I don't know if they could, or maybe it's just not feasible, but you know, a contest is always a nice thing. So right. if, if you buy a print, you're automatically entered for each print you buy to be in a contest to win, you know, one of each, all six. That sounds great. And while I've got that big brain working, we're going to switch over to the section, the topic of the week. I think we are talking about the uh, No, wait, that's what's what's of the day. The week. Of the week. Yes, that's correct. That's you speak many languages, uh, Matt, but you speak the language 
of marketing. So why don't you bring us into this marketing stream that you've been, that you started last week, remind us where we were and, and what we're doing, and then take us home. Okay, so last week, we discussed, um, we, we started talking about the origin of creating your own strategy. We talk about the relation of vision and mission and literally like what is a strategy. So we started defining these things to help us see how vision, mission, and strategy relate. So this week we're gonna do, we're gonna go a little bit deeper. We're gonna start to talk about how marketing, advertising, and sales are relate and a little bit about how they evolved in the digital world. Okay, sound good? Okay, so this is a conversation that we've had a lot. Markets versus tactics. Marketing versus advertising. Advertising versus sales. So like I like to do, put everybody on the spot because it's fun. Let's talk about what is marketing versus advertising. Do we have any thoughts? Does anybody want to jump in? Nick, buddy? Um, I generally, and I, I don't know if this is the correct answer, Matt, but I generally think of advertising as uh, driven by paid, like you are paying for advertising, versus marketing, which is a holistic overarching strategy. Uh, you can have marketing tactics, um, mm -hmm. and advertising could fit into a mar complete marketing plan, but advertising is one specific vertical, and marketing is more of a, a larger discipline. I, that's the way I always saw it. I like it. I like it. That's good. That's good. Well done. Nick, do you have any, any, anyone expand on that? Yeah. I, you know, one of the things that uh, I remember from, from way back in college days is that, uh, you know, advertising is one piece, you know, uh, kind of what you just said, buddy, uh, things that, that could cut, fall outside of advertising, but be inside of marketing. And my, and again, you can correct me if I'm wrong, things like uh, how you, how you can promote your product. Otherwise doesn't have to be through an ad on Google or a classified ad on in a newspaper. If you go yep. old school uh, price of your pricing of your product in the market, Ooh, like um, if it, if it has a cost, if it's something that, that you pay for uh, public relations, PR, not necessarily advertising, yeah. but it's a way to get your, your, uh, maybe your name or an event out there. So different things. Uh, advertising is one piece, kind of what Buddy said. Well done. Well done. Well done indeed. I think you hit on a bunch of uh, the key topics there. I'm just going to solidify it for you a little bit because marketing in its simplest form are the activities that a company will undertake to promote the buying or selling of a product or even a service or a good or something like that, right? Marketing is, as you noted, the top, that's kind of the top of the food chain right there. Now there are things that are contained within marketing and one of those things is advertising, right? So advertising would be like a communication that employs something as Buddy said, openly sponsored or a non-personal message to promote or sell a product. So that's the actual advertising within marketing. And then you have sales, but sales has two connotations, right? You have sales, but then you have the vernacular or the verb how do we use sales, like the act of selling, right? So we have first the sales promotion, which is a form of advertising, right? This is, there's a variety of ways that you could have sales, but the idea of sales is to stimulate the purchase of a product in a short period of time. So as you had noted above, advertising becomes that sponsored, sales becomes that short period of time, the act of selling, right? Sales promotion is very tactical rather than strategic. And then you have personal sales, like a sales 
person, right, which is kind of the process of a person-to-person communication to a prospective customer in which one learns about the customer's needs and seeks to satisfy those needs by offering the opportunity to buy something of value. Make sense? So marketing, advertising, Mm -hmm. sales, right? They are subsets. They are related. And if you start to dive into them, you'll understand that within marketing, as Nick had noted, there are areas. You have branding, right? So within branding, as you had noted, public relations, portfolio strategy, brand strategy, right? Brands have values. Coca-Cola has value as a brand. IBM, Apple, has Nike has values as a brand. But then you have advertising, which you can start to subset down, online, offline, direct, indirect. Then you have sales, personal sales. Buddy, what will it take to get you in that car today? And non-personal sales, right? Sending out some of those messages, selling. Okay, makes sense? It does. Very good. good. Now, Nick, you hit on something important. You started talking about the four P's. Now, the four P's are the traditional marketing mix. That's your product, price, place, and promotion. This is your 1960s marketing that's been sticking around for decades. This is about how do we handle our product. This is inward to outward, right? This is us projecting you, our product, an item or a good, our price, what is it perceived? How much does it cost, right? In exchange, what do you give up in exchange for that product? Could be a service, could be some kind of exchange. Place, how do you distribute? And promotion, just like we said, marketing, advertising, sales, PR. Now, the interesting thing is in the digital world, the four Ps have shifted to the four C's, okay? With the advent of consumer-oriented marketing, as I said, the four P's, us out, right? Are really now consumer-centric. And this started in the 1990s with the advent of the internet and digital marketing to really start to focus on the customer out rather than the company out. So the customer, the four C's, the customer, the cost, convenience, and communication. They rate very closely to those other four Ps. The consumer, that's the study of what the consumer wants. I'm not selling you something. Buddy, what am I going to do to get you in that car today? I'm not selling you that car, right? I'm finding out what you want and meeting your need. That's consumer. Cost. Cost is total cost. Time, money, guilt, cost to change, opportunity cost. What are you giving up? to satisfy this need. Convenience, convenience in the age of the internet is huge, right? Information on the product, where to purchase the product, reviews, and then communication, cooperation versus manipulative. So that's the four Ps and the four Cs. And then the last bit that I'd like to touch on today to start to get into is actually the types of marketing because there are four types of marketing. One is business to business and one is business to consumer. But do you know what the other two are? Nope. (laughs) Okay, because they're new. Business to business is straight up, right? I'm selling my goods to another company and it may be so that they can manufacture, could be so that they could produce, could be so that they could resell. The government counts as a business. Maybe I'm selling to the government. (laughs) Business to customer, this is your traditional, I'm a company, I'm selling to an individual, very traditional. What's new 
is customer to business. And the reason you like this is because we were just start talking about this. This is about influencers. This is about influencer marketing. The customer has something of value that they are offering the, the, the business. So this is Amazon style ratings, feedback, okay? It's a newer model. And then you have customer to customer, third-party platforms, eBay, right? Things like this, PayPal, right? Third-party platforms and how they work in this. And what those things do, the last part of marketing is they end up in, anybody ever heard of the marketing funnel? I have. You have. Tell me about it real quick. We have a couple more minutes. It's top down, widest audience to a narrow, very specific audience. That's right. That's right. So we start at the top of the marketing funnel, right? Very wide, which is awareness. A lot of people at the top of the funnel. And their idea is they gradually fall out of the funnel. So you have awareness, interests, desire, an action, all right? That's your very traditional marketing funnel. This is your, your, your potential, your suspects, your prospects, and eventually your customers, right? But in later years, we've started to switch away from the funnel toward the journey, okay? For a lot of good reasons, right? Because the journey in digital is much different. We don't funnel along a set path. We don't go from awareness to interest, interest to desire, desire to action, and even action to advocate. You can do all of that in just a couple of clicks, right? So right now, if you picture a journey, right, we are, we are traditional leverages linear marketing, direct, one way, right? Digital is two way, often referred to as like different communication channels, different journeys. It's a conversation. Digital strategy uses nonlinear, interactive, personalized communication, which are contextualized, right? So you're getting the user's perspective in that moment. The internet has changed the way that we see things. We don't funnel because we are fundamentally transformed in that we are always online. We don't go online. We are online. And in a moment, you can become aware have an interest, research, consider your options, buy, and become an advocate. And in some cases, I've seen interesting social models, right? Tweet to get a coupon. You become an advocate before you buy, right? So the journey has changed. The funnel has changed to a journey. So there's no more funnel. You don't fall out of it, right? So it's extremely important to note the difference that digital marketing has played. Well, Matt, thank you for adding to this learning journey that you've been taking us all on. Um, I'm sure, like Nick, um, many of our listeners are finding this to be really stimulating, a good reminder for some of uh, our listeners, and something brand new for others. We hope that you find this useful, particularly if you run a charity, support a charity, or planning your own charity, because uh, this type of thinking is what you need to build a successful brand. Um, Go ahead, Matt. Real quick on that, I just want to note, it is important because I know some people want to get past this. They want to get to the meat, to the good stuff, to the tactical. How should I use social media? But it's really important to understand these things because when you're making choices about your marketing, you need to know the result you're looking for, right? So we were just looking at 
you know, the, the, the friends of the stadium there. What are they, what were they trying to get out of it? You do that before you get into it. You, you let the strategy lead the tactics, not the tactics lead the strategy. Make sense? It makes a lot of sense. And I think that what also makes sense is that we do this in short doses. Uh, last episode, uh, we started this series. Uh, next episode, you'll continue this series. Uh, and I think we, it'll just be an ongoing thing because I think that you'll never stop needing to know about marketing, particularly if you're an organization looking to raise funds. So with that in mind, um, Matt, where can they find you other than this wonderful podcast? Well, um, you can find me online at my website, matthewbalo.com. That's B-A-L-O-G-H.com. And you can also find me on LinkedIn. Love those LinkedIn groups. And Nick, uh, where can they find this podcast? How can they subscribe? Uh, Where's the website? Well, you can find it wherever you get your podcasts on all the big platforms. You can also find it on 501c3lookup.org. Right up in the top navigation, there's a 501 companion link there. And you'll be able to get all of our podcasts there. And Nick, where can they find you personally if they want to find the Rufa? You can find me on Twitter at Nick underscore Rufa and on Instagram, Nick Rufa, no underscore. And for the 501 Companion Podcast, I am Buddy Scalera. I hope you enjoyed the show. You can you can find me on Twitter at Buddy Scalera and at my own personal website, BuddyScalera.com. We look forward to hearing your questions. If you have any questions, send them on over to us. But um, subscribe, like, and we look forward to an ongoing relationship with you and your charities. Thanks, everybody. Good night. Thanks. Good night. Oink. Oink.